ain't good for games. Say it to my face. Say it to my Say it to my face. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You've tuned in to the Flyers Sports and Entertainment Podcast. This is Stat Lines Matter. My name is Mark Stewart. I'm here with my partner in crime, always here, representing Mr. Rob Hunter. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. How you doing, brother? Man, I'm good. Um, before we get going, I want to give everybody quickly a uh, reminder to check us uh, on our Instagram. Uh, we got a lot of cool stuff there, best memes, best... Interesting things going on there at Stat Lines Matter at uh, on IG. We're also there on Twitter with the same handle at Stat Lines Matter. And a special note: we are going to be relaunching our YouTube uh, within the next few weeks. So get ready for that. That's going to be exciting because you will be able to actually watch entire episodes of what we're doing here on our YouTube channel. So get ready for that. That'll be sometime in August. Yeah, yeah. So, so if it's, if if you can't get enough of our voices, you'll be able to see us, and which is good because Rob has illustrious hair, and you'll be able to see it <laughs> <laughs> because it's got it's got product in it. It's it's slick. It's very debarges. Like it's like if you remember like how debarge them used to look, then they had to debarge them had to pay. To get hair like that. They had to go sit in a chair and and get texturizer and all type of stuff put in. Yours just came out like that. Well, well, it did. It did. And, and I have my mother and father to thank for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, you'll also get a chance to see Mark in his expensive frames. Okay. He has the, some of the most expensive eyewear it, it, one could one could have. You, he also has some of the best shirts Sometimes. Some understated sometimes, shirts. Some, he has a shirt with no writing on it. It costs three grand. No, <laughs> no that. nothing. No writing. No imprint. It's just a three thousand dollar t shirt. Lies. It's not lies. Never. I've so, never so the point is, you'll be able to tune in and you'll be able to see all of these yeah. things. So, add it to the 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 uh, the tomfoolery of the show. You'll be able to actually see us engage in these things. So. Sure. Especially, if, especially if you love like the barge and. You love like the Especially real. Especially if you like, love the, the finer real things in life. The skinness of you, the 80s. Rob is keeping that you alive. love the finer things in life. <laughs> if you if you like the glamorous life, tune in to MES. You'll be able to see big cars, big dreams, and a big Mercedes sedan. He got all that. Do you want to go ahead and get the second verse real quick? Uh, uh, I I I can't remember it right offhand. Give me you give me the first line. I'll be able to. I, I can't. You know me. I'm not a I'm not a lyric guy. Like, I don't oh, know. they made haste in the yeah <laughs> yes okay <laughs> anyway in the brown sedan yes. <laughs> yo um interesting stuff going on um the women's world cup man women man. have come in they've shut it down they've conducted themselves in epic fashion while winning the championship all and at the end of it saying we're not going to the White House. So I don't know if that could have made you any happier you than already, the way they've done it. Yeah, you already know if you against Trump, you with me by extension. And I did not know how hard they rode together as a team, though. Because normally when you have one person come out, you know, like that, they you don't necessarily see the rest of the squad uh, kind of rallying around that person. But they all did. And obviously as... Uh, a lot of the footage has come out on their Instagram about how they won and you see how they party together. And it's easy to see them partying together or any team after a championship, but they partying to like 
Yin Yang Twins. No, they they have a very, and I think this is what endeared them to a lot of people is they had a very sort of urban approach to their get down. Sure. It was a lot of twerking going on. Sure. It was a lot of Yin Yang Twins. It was a lot of a lot of urban records. Some beer guzzling. You could just tell, like at the end of the day, they know how to have a good time. They 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 have as much as you as much as there has ever been a multicultural U.S. soccer team, they kind of have it. Right. As opposed to, like, some of the previous World Cup teams have been pretty, you know, pretty white girlish. Yeah, yeah. And they— um, This was a little bit multicultural in my and view. You could, you could tell that, like, a bunch of them had spent some times with some Laquans and some Jatarius's. Like, hey, <laughs> I, wasn't going, I wasn't going to go there, but I'll say this. If, if not there, they've definitely spent time with— Latrice and them, yeah, because they didn't, they didn't, they didn't like. I believe they didn't kept their daddies up long nights waiting for them to come back through that door. <laughs> Jatarius ring that doorbell. How you doing, Mister Crager? Yeah, that's me. I scored three touchdowns last Friday. Yeah, how you doing? Oh, we gonna have a good time. We got it all planned out. Yo, I really don't know what we gonna do, <laughs> but we got it all. I got, I it, got all it all planned plan- out. I got it all planned. But I out. can't get into the specifics. Man, this house show is nice. <laughs> you can see me through that doorbell. That's high technology. This is so terrible. <laughs> That's this high is, technology. Why does he sound like that? That's high technology. Why yeah. does your character sound? I think like- they say high tech, but it's highly technological for me. <laughs> <laughs> Here she come. <laughs> well, I will see y'all later on. I have a back safe a vision, and sound. A vision of beauty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, man, she show is beautiful. Now he has a stutter. <laughs> well, he because he was about to say fine as hell, <laughs> but he had to switch it up. You know what I'm saying? But they they definitely look like that they, they had some fun. You know, on, yeah. on some of the more urban sides of town. And I think I think the other thing too, like you said, them rallying together. Um, behind some of the comments of uh, Megan Rapino, who um, really going as far back as Colin Kaepernick, sort of aligned herself with you know whatever her causes were, and 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 deciding to take the knee for what she believed in. Well, if you remember, at that time, uh, Trump hadn't come out as hard against the LBGTQ, and if I left off a letter, I apologize. Uh, you good? You did. But he he didn't come out as hard. So at that time, I believe she was kneeling in support of him. The first, okay. the first white athlete, male or female, to take the knee, um, and I and I can't remember any uh, after that that had done that, particularly at that level. I'm sure there may have been some maybe some college kids that have done it, but I do know that um, she's the first one, and I believe the only one. And of course, y'all can correct me if I'm wrong. That had taken the knee, and quietly, the U.S. Soccer Federation re, uh, rewrote their bylaws to make uh, all the athletes stand during the national anthem, which she is currently suing. Uh, amongst um, all the other girls are suing as well for the equal pay, right? Um, where they're averaging thirty thousand dollars less than the uh, than the men. And normally, it's, it's something like that, you know, you, I want to look at what type of dollars are they bringing in. But they've outgained the uh, the men in viewership and viewership numbers, and they also outgained them in revenue from twenty sixteen to twenty eighteen by a million dollars. So if they're if they're bringing in more money. Then conversely, I think not only should they be and, paid, and they've sold a lot more merch. They should well. be paid not only equally but more. If they bring it in more, then they should be paid well, commiserate. If the, if the argument is, and it always has been, that the men's game gets more resources, even when they're not paying the athletes, even in college, the men's the men get more resources because it generates more money. Then, by definition, if the women's team is generating more, they should get more. 
and they should get significantly more. And they like the merch numbers are crazy. The uh, the viewership has been crazy for this World Cup, even over uh, last time. And, and the funny thing too is a lot of um, it's so funny because like now, like on Fox, you literally just go on and say whatever you want. There's no fact checking of any kind, and like people just take it at heart. Somebody on Fox went on and said, "Oh, the you're talking the about ratings, Fox News. Fox News. Okay, said the ratings are down." You know, nobody's watching because of the criticism of Trump and 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 whatever. The ratings are up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like every time they complain about, you know, they were complaining about um, Colin Kaepernick pulling the shoes, the uh, thirteen colony, you know, early flag shoes. Sure. Betsy Ross, I think it was. Yeah, sure. Flag. Let's bring back those memories. The the revenue increased. So these are the parts that they don't want to talk about. They really want to make it seem like they have a pulse on the majority of America, and they don't. And I think that's what. Um, Megan Rapino, Megan Rapino, and the other women on the team have proven, and I give them all the credit in the world, not just for going and taking down uh, all the other comers in the World Cup. Athletically, they're all supreme athletes. It's very hard to play soccer. It takes a lot of a uh, lot of stamina and, and the whole nine. They're very skilled, but they're also brave to stand up for they, what they believe in at a time when. It's very easy for white athletes or white teams to to really just not say anything and commit either way and get all the benefits of what it means to be sort of heroes for America. They took that light and they said, now we stand for something. And I think that's dope. Sure. And, and Rapino in particular has been doing it since 2016. Um, and when she first did it, uh, she received, I believe she's from Washington. Uh, they have a, a, a restaurant there. They had received death threats. Her parents um, they had lost business because of it. And it's it's easy. And she said this herself. It's easy to stand for something when everyone else is standing for sure. it. But, you know, basically the measure of, of the measure of the commitment is when it's unpopular. And, and Rapino and Colin Kaepernick, I will stake my life on it, will go down. This reminds me of the similar of the Muhammad Ali situation where he was um, uh, wouldn't want to go into the draft. And had his title stripped away from him, and I believe he had a 13 percent approval across America. If, uh, someone can fact check me on that. Um, but anyway, his his approval rating was low. Uh, Martin Luther King, when he got shot, his approval his approval rating was somewhere around 20 percent. Yeah, they uh, thought so, he was a troublemaker. So, so well, 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 consistently, and and white people in particular have always been on the wrong side of history. And hindsight being 2020, now he's revered and celebrated. Sure. And no one talks about the fact that he was a Muslim, even though, you know, most of the white swath of the Republicans hate Muslims, you know, and they're all down with the ban and stuff like that. But the reality about Muhammad Ali, Muhammad yeah. Ali. Yeah. But so so so. And I believe once again, history will prove that white people are once again on the wrong side of history. Not all of you guys, but the large majority, if the approval rating is so low, it ain't because of black people. <laughs> right. You know what I mean, so for, for Rapino and, and things of that nature, and the reason why she endeared herself to me so much is because she she is, you know, a white woman who didn't necessarily have to do that. I was going to say stands to lose by taking the position because it would be super easy to just fall back and go with the status quo and get the Wheaties box, get all the endorsements, you know, all that. Yeah. Now she's still going to get a lot of it because I think being part of the LGBTQ 
community puts her in a space anyway. There's going to be so certain companies that are just not going to touch it because it doesn't align with their brands. But then there'll be other companies that do that want to make a progressive statement, and she'll get her money. But at the same time, she's put things at risk. The teams put things at risk, and you got to give them respect. Because even to underscore what you were saying about white America, I don't necessarily think it's an indictment of all white people because I think it's easy sometimes to not say anything because you don't want what you have or what your perception is, even amongst your friends and people you go to church with, school with to change right all you gotta do is be quiet and you get nothing changes for you right the but, minute you take a stance then you're squaring off with people who might feel stronger about it that are from your community that might go to church with you go to school with you and you might hang out with and it just it becomes in their view unnecessary well it's correct unnecessary to put yourself on the line when you're not the one being affected by it which to me that type of silence is more punitive to the cause than than taking a taking a stand one way or another to me those that stay silent those are to me draw the most ire from me but that but i will say what you were saying about megan rapino which is why i dig her so much is because she had a lot to lose just like colin kaepernick right. the difference is she's not gonna lose everything like he did no she's not gonna like she's not gonna like i said there'll be a whole swath of things she gets for companies that want to align with her brand and what that side of the world is yeah is it going to mean like the Wheaties box or Special K or something like that? You know, maybe not. I don't know. But there'll still be plenty of brands and companies that are willing to line up to, to so, do business with her. So shout out to the, the the women's team. Man, stat lines matter. We love you guys. We love to turn up, watching y'all turn up afterwards. We love the whole bit. I didn't know Megan Rapino was with Sue Bird, the uh, the, the basketball, basketball player. player. Yeah, and did you yeah. see her on her Instagram? Was she quoting Nipsey, uh, Nipsey yeah, Russell? Nipsey, Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. And, you know, That'd be funny if she was quoting Nipsey Russell. <laughs> be like, wait, what? Well, I, I was I was bugging that she that that she you know had uh you know lyrics from his uh one of his songs yeah up under one of her posts. It just kind of shows you how. And then they when they landed um I believe into New York. They were playing ten bands from Drake, you yeah. know, partying on the yeah. on the plane. Oh no, they get down. Yeah, so so we love that. I guess we love diversity here at Stat Lines yeah. Matter. Um, and diversity means white people too. It doesn't mean, I mean yeah. just minorities. It means everybody. Anybody. So yeah, so we got love for everybody, but we especially love it when uh, those that you know want to jump into the to the cause and ri- and those that are risking things and throwing things on the line you know, are uh, put themselves out there like that with so much to risk. Yeah, hats off. Um, did you watch, or are you watching, because we're actually right in the middle of it, uh, Wimbledon? Uh, I watch- you, in, you, got, you get caught up in Coco Yeah, Mania. I pronounce it Wimbledon. Like when you from yeah, you when you from when you from the urban community, it's yeah. Wimbledon. Yeah, go ahead and put the T on it. Hey, okay. hey, put on the Wimbledon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, where the T comes oh, from. Oh, you but... know what? Hey, uh, yes, I watch Coco. I watch Coco Golf. Um, you know, I got I got swept up in Coco Mania, um, watching her and her ascent. And obviously, she's from Atlanta, so that was a big draw. Stat lines matter is a show based out of Atlanta, so um, uh, you know, definitely. And it looked like to me, it just looked like Serena. I'm sorry, Venus was playing herself. Yeah, it was it was actually quite freakish. From a from a, a aesthetic standpoint yeah. and also from a game standpoint. And I'm I wondering if, if Venus is like, hey, she's still in my moves. I wasn't ready for that. She's trying to <laughs> you know, she's still in all my all my stuff here, you know. Yeah, she's not um Coco's not a power player, which is what um Venus and Serena had sort of even when they were young, they could overcome like unforced errors and things like that because they were such powerful athletes. I think if we see Coco ascend 
in the on the trajectory that she appears to be, it'll be a much different type of tennis skill on display, but she can go as far. One of the things I'm impressed by at 15 years old, her poise um, on the court, but particularly off the court, you could just tell she was raised really, really well. Um, her parents have done, and it's like sometimes when you hear this, it sounds very condescending because it sounds like the expectation was because she, she's black that she was supposed to be parented on some average level, or she's supposed to have a single mom who has three jobs and went hungry. You like know I, mean, I, I know it's a lot like of like Sloane Stevens, her daddy Dr. J. And, and you know, her she, daddy's Dr. J. Yeah, yeah, Sloane Stevens, the light skinned girl. Her, Dr. J's her dad. Yeah, her father, her biological father. Yes. Is that a real thing? I've literally never heard that. Yeah, man. I'll pull it up for you. Real Julius quick. Irving. Dude, Julius. Dr. Irving. Get out of here. Number six. University of Massachusetts. Did they, they didn't, he, he, he wasn't in the home. Is what no, no. That, well, that's, and that, that's why I made that point. Right. Yeah, that's why I made that point. But to the point why, why you fact check your own facts. Um, but I know if you know, you know. I mean, you are the stat king. It wasn't Sloan Stevens. It was the other one, not Sloan. It was. Uh, oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I was about to say, like that was, boy, you out here, you you was batting a thousand today. I know, I know, I know, I know. Hold Walter Payton is her daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandra Stevenson. Oh, okay, yes, Alexandra Stevenson. All right, that's what's up. Um, so, no, so not Sloan Stevenson. Okay, all right, yeah, yeah, I got to follow you. But, anyways, um, no, her parents have done an amazing job. Uh, I don't know if I've met, uh, or not met, but seen an athlete, a young athlete. I mean, talking about fifteen years old, that poised. Um, I think she's handled the um, the media scrutiny extremely well. Like we've seen the other young lady. Um, the I, I forget her name. She was in a press conference the other day. I think she's the girl that's Asian, black and Asian. Oh, you're talking about Osaka. Osaka, yeah. Like was there answering some tough questions and told her her uh, PR person, yeah, I'm, I'm about to start crying. Let me get out of here. I'm out. I, I don't want to cry in front of the international sports media. Yeah. And I thought like that just showed incredible weakness on her part. And I know people say, oh, you you can show emotion, but like. The poise in which this young lady, Coco, handles herself with is super impressive. Very impressive. Um, and it was interesting watching her play uh, Venus, who had 12, uh, 12 major titles before she was born, before Coco was born. Um, <laughs> that says it all. So you're, Yeah, exactly. So, and she was started out this tournament ranked 313th in the world. Uh, got the wild card draw and was able to make it, I believe, to the quarterfinals. Was it yesterday? Right. Yeah. So, shout out to her. Shout out to and I, and I'm I'm all in for Coco Mania. So include me. In that. Yeah, I think from this point on in the world of sports, um, we're gonna be able to see her and pay attention to her. I think a star was born. I hope that she has an ascension into uh, prominent play immediately. I don't want to, I don't want her to go off the radar and then come back. I want her to take this moment and stay in contention and then have that moment on a large stage and win in front of everybody. I would love for it in my perfect scenario, it would be the U.S. Open right York. here, yeah. like in Flushing, like right here in front of everybody on Labor Day weekend. Go ahead and just win it and be and, – and, and, Playing like Serena and like beat Serena would be like awesome. I know that sounds like completely crazy, but that would be dope for them to play and for almost for them to hand the 
the torch off, this, this, the Williams sisters to her. Hey, that girl she lost to yesterday, Simona Halep. Serious. She was not messing around. Nah. It's like, it's over for you, black girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm not going along she with went your Drago. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. This, she, that was, she was Apollo Creed. Yes. <laughs> and Drago was like, yeah. enough with the wimpy American. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she was hitting at angles that were just impossible to get to. So, shout out to uh, um, Simona Halep. So uh, where's she from? Slovenia, Romania, Romania? man, yeah. Romania. Now you know that's where Dracula from. So she might if Who she can, if, if she's some kin to uh, Dracula, and that probably explained the whole I thought thing. That, wait, Dracula was real? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, Dracul, Dracul. Yeah, man, got a castle there and everything. Yeah, he was he would torture people. It's a whole documentary about it. But Dracula was a real thing. Now he didn't have fangs and nothing. He was just a, a ill dude. But yeah. did he get like the blood and all that? Drink your blood. The court of blood technique. Yeah. I, now that part I'm I don't know, but I do know Dracula was from Romania, and he was like he was kind of like just this tyrant type cat. Wow. Yeah. Look yeah. at you. You just got facts. Wait, I got a lot of useless. Most guys have useless stuff rolling around in the back of their cerebellum. Yeah, and particularly mm-hmm. stuff that just that you're interested in that you've done the deep, especially now. Like when you when people got Google. People just start doing deep dives on stuff like that. Clearly, <laughs> you've done your research on uh, Dracula. His name was Vlad the Impaler. Uh, no, uh, Vlad the Third Dracula, uh, Romania. Yeah, he and I can't Take even that. I can't even pronounce the uh, the the city because because you know I ain't really that well versed in my Romanian language. But uh, that's okay. Yeah, no one would hold that against you. Nah, well, you just that, never you don't folks, really folks know. be trying to clown and they can't even spell it. But yeah, no, nobody hold the hold hold. Nobody will hold. But that my point you. is though, if Halep is related to Dracula, that would explain a lot of the ass whipping. Well, and and, and people, you know, like people forget that um, that she was a a, a huge favorite, uh, previous champion, previous uh, world number one. So you know, she had her hands full. Well, and 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 you know, not to diss. Coco's resume, but that was her first time facing a top 20 opponent in that tournament. Right. So she just is a major step up in competition, and it showed. And also, I believe her age showed a little bit. Her yeah. inexperience showed sure, a little bit. Sure, because she like she was in it, and then when things started to not go her way, it was the first time we saw some cracks where she kind of uh, emotionally started to break down. But I think, it, I think that was more, too, that she wasn't feeling well. She had—there was two points in the match. There was—it uh, uh, was 2-1. And she was about to break Halep's serve. Halep had double double faulted three times, so she had uh, two break points to go up 3-1. And she lost that match and it went to 2-2. And then she got broken. Uh, and then she it went to 3-2. And it was just kind of, I believe, for me, in that yeah, moment. That that's, was the pivot. That was it. Yeah, no, I could totally understand that. Um, and in the biggest news of the week since the last time we were with you, uh, in a surprise move, uh, one that apparently nobody saw coming, but uh, I want to say Jason Whitlock was the only one I saw that called it. Well, and my, my son had been on the Clippers and never wavered. He walking around the house literally thinking. Did your son have he inside think he, information? He think he scooped Jackson walking around the crib <laughs> right now. Because it's, it's literally the first time he made a call regarding anything in any sport like he's you know he's 13 he's now he's starting to think he knows stuff he be he learned how to use google he's all into it he was like clippers dad clippers i'm like nobody's saying clippers he was like it's the clippers did he have information inside information 
He might have. He could. You never know. But, hey, I'll tell you this. I didn't see it coming. Um, but when you study it, it all makes very perfect sense. Um, there are things that Kawhi sort of indicated at the beginning. One, that he wanted to be in L.A. He made that clear. Um, but then he also, you heard reports that he didn't want to play for the Lakers. Um, but we knew that, but we still believe that the Lakers are in play based on things that the Chris Broussards and the Jalen Roses and people like that. Broussard was going hard on it. Yeah, like people were like, it's 99% this way. And then we got Jalen Rose who came later and said it's 99% Toronto, Toronto, which was believable because they had just gone through a a season and a, a playoffs and a final and a championship. So you, like, the Raptors part was plausible, what never made sense to me is why would he want to go and play essentially third fiddle to LeBron and AD, just even just in terms of, like, not just contribution on the floor, but just perception. Like, both of these guys sort of star shines a little bit brighter than Kawhi's. Not necessarily justified, but just in terms of overall celebrity. Um, so I'm like, why would you want to go there and play that? But then you can't help but start to believe the hype because— all the Laker fans I know, all of the reporting was like, oh, no, it's Lakers. They're into it. But if you think about what he was trying to do, it, I think he was trying to get to the Clippers all along. Well, I think I think that much you would have to surmise that, just being that he could have went to the Lakers. He he could have went. And I think the, the, the whole thing with him wanting to play with another star player um, was true in part because he had two in L.A., he could have gone and done that. He went to the Clippers, but he wasn't going to go there without another star player. I think he. I think uh, one would only have to be able to to deduce this would be. I think he still wanted to chart his own course a little bit. If you go play with LeBron, you you're going to play with another MVP and an AD. And they said now this had come out. Um, I forget who reported this, but he was concerned about the super team. Uh, sure. And so, and so, I think that he was just trying to because if it's if you're gonna go with the Lakers, and, and now it all makes sense. He just could have done it way earlier, but the fact that he kept pushing it off, and he kept telling the Lakers just to hold on. And I think that um, that when when he had to he had to infer some sort of sense of urgency with the Clippers, like I'll come, but I need somebody else. Right. No. And I think I think there's a very big difference between uh, wanting to have a running mate and then trying to you know, create a super team. And in fact, the irony of it is that uh, on July 8th was the, what is it, the, the ninth anniversary of the birth of the super team um, when LeBron made his announcement that he was taking his talents to so- South Beach. Um, and that kind of gave birth to the notion of like literally like NBA All-Stars, future Hall of Famers uh, sitting down and, and, and coming up with a game plan to play on the same team. Now, if we're having an honest discourse discourse about that, there's good and it's bad. There's good to it and there's bad to it. For old school fans like us, guys coming together to try to stack the deck seems, it just doesn't seem right because we saw stars just take the L and just be like, we can't beat Mike and that's what it is. But what it also sort of, the, maybe the unintended consequence was, is that it gave power and gave the league to the players 
it took the sort of the the the, the ownership. The the owners own the team, but the players own the game because now they sit down and decide where the balance of power is going to go on a city city or on a city by city basis and a season by season basis. And it's almost like the GMs and the owners are forced to acquiesce. So when you have guys that are under contract who say, I don't want to be here. Yes, the, the, the team maintains some power, but those guys always end up getting out of there. Yeah, yeah, whether it's before the trade deadline or after the trade deadline. And maybe sometimes it's not exactly where they want to go in that moment. Like when Kawhi wanted to force the trade out last year, he didn't go to he didn't go to LA. Yeah. But he got out of there. He got out of and won a title. Yes. And, <laughs> like, and, and got a ring. So I mean, Paul George Paul George has three three years on this deal, two or three years left on his deal. Just signed it. Just signed, asked to get out and got out. And I'm out. Can you so, believe it? So if so, if you want to give LeBron, and I've been, I'm always critical of LeBron in regards to so 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 uh, like what his legacy is. But part of his legacy and the things that he's done off the court, I think this is one of the things you have to give him credit for. There's four billion dollars worth of free agent contracts that were given out in the last week and a half. I think the current state of free agency and how it goes and the shift of power to the athlete is almost due. Solely to him, I think that a lot of a lot of players would would probably agree with you. So not just analysts, because a lot of analysts have been saying that. But I think a lot of players would have to give him the tip of the cap, just from a, a, a ownership of your own career. Let's 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 talk about this. Let's think about this from a different perspective. Let's let let's let's talk about it together. Uh, let's let's try to figure out how we can change the you know the, the course of our legacy on our own. You know, and and then obviously he took it to the next level by creating his own sports agency. And I know that it's Rich Paul's. I get that, and it was his idea. But I think that you would have to be a fool not to think that they don't discuss, you know, uh, how to maneuver certain uh, roster situations around the league to try to get, you know, the guy. I mean, that's what I would do. You know, if I mean, yeah. you know, so so so. I I definitely I mean that narrative I think is not only a narrative but I think that's a fact that would be pretty hard to you know dispute because he was the really the first one to do it I know for me I think the first super team was the Boston Celtics team with Ray Allen and um, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce but I'm in the minority on that and I'm willing to accept that that may not be the case that's just what I think well let let me be clear in my definition and I think what most people's definition of super team is is not. Like, cause there's super teams. I mean, you could say the 90s Bulls, the, the, particularly the second three championships when you had, you know, Michael Scotty, but you also had, like, like a Ron Harper who had another point in his career was a star earlier in his career. You had Tony Kukoc, who was a European star, one of the first European stars to come over, and you had Dennis Rodman, who was a star in his own part. Um, but the difference was the super team is now what I define as one that was constructed by the players and not by the team. Facts. Like, the people going, no, we want to go together, and we want to make Milwaukee hot, or we want to make Brooklyn hot, or we want to make Oklahoma City the hot. The Hawks. Like, or, like and, and but you know what's funny? And I know I know a lot of times, you know, when I send you information on the Hawks, you'll say, man, leave us alone, leave us out That's of That's my private business. But I, I'm telling you this. The key, <laughs> and I can't take, I'm going to tell you something I heard on 670 The Fan uh, from a guy named, I think it's Dan Bernstein in Chicago. He said, there's three NBAs. Right now, there's the elite teams that are that are like in contention, don't care about their draft picks, can get all the stars they want. Then there's the trust the process teams, which is like 
All we're doing is just trying to collect assets so that you can become good enough and effective enough that you're attracted attractive to one or two stars that come in and change everything. Because you're never winning anything without one or two stars. But what you have to do, your job as an organization, until you get that, is sort of amass this interesting talent that starts to play better on the floor so that that guy wants to come. And I think the the Hawks— We're not I, in that either. <laughs> I think you guys are doing a decent job We're of getting the, there. The shit team. There's not a lot of people who know about the, the talent that's being amassed. And I, I mean, seriously, I, want you, I know how you feel about the team— you guys are putting some players on the court that if they can start to play well, Atlanta is an attractive city If because I think the organization has turned the corner. Now, we'll be in ninth. We'll be in, hey, you, we'll hey be, I tell you we'll what, though, be it's better to be in ninth we'll be than in, it is to be in seventh. We'll be, oh, that's facts. Because that's the, if, that's the middle that, class. You, yeah, well, that's where you, you don't want to be. And you're out of the lottery yes. situation. But, but And you don't want to be like Indiana, Dallas Mavericks, who have no chance of winning a championship – but you're paying like the luxury tax. I, I, like, I like Dallas. No, you point. like them. Right? You like them in January. Yeah, you yeah. don't like them against the Lakers in like <laughs> no. early May. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. They you got know? they got a little bit too much European uh, style. <laughs> they got Doncic. They got Chris Stops. Well, they made a commitment <laughs> to that style. I don't think, and they long-term. won with it. They won a championship with it. Yes, but here here's what I want to point out about the super team because there's a lot of things that people have said about the era of the super team super team started in 2010 uh when lebron went so that was july 8th 2010 when he said i'm taking my talents to south beach since then six different teams have won titles in the super team era dallas san antonio toronto golden state los angeles and miami Oh, I'm sorry, Cleveland. That's pretty good. From 1983 to 2010? And Miami, yeah. Only six teams have won the title. So in the era where people say, oh, Golden State had a competitive imbalance or guys are loading up in order to have a competitive imbalance, we've had six different championships, champions in nine seasons. Yeah, in seven and ten. In seven and ten years. Yeah, or seven and ten years. Yeah. If you go back from 1983 to 2010, you had six. Yeah. So, so then your point is well taken. Um, so, so, and this is what player mobility, right? Player mobility is a, is a great thing. Not only is it is it great for the league uh, from a, a competitive, which you're talking about, a competitive balance, if you will, which I, you know, I, I think it's great for right now. Their their season is over, and we haven't. I don't believe we've talked about the NBA with this much enthusiasm. Yeah. Even when it was going on, we talked a lot last year, but not as much as this. Now I'm talking about even yeah. with the with 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 Kawhi winning a championship, it still wasn't as exciting as this stuff. Right. I mean, L. A. L. A. is so exciting to me right now. Like it feel like L. A. popping like back when the gangs was popping, like back in the 80, 89, 88, like back then when Arsenio was coming on. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. it feel like it really does. It feel like this is like it's about to be on and popping. Out there, I mean, you got you've never had these two teams in one of the the biggest and brightest cities on the planet be this exciting with this level sure. of star. And I think I think it's actually thrown a shadow over other moves that other teams have made. Hell I think yeah. uh, I think Utah has had an amazing off season. I think they were a, a, a good solid team that has stepped it up a little bit. I think Denver stepped it up a little bit. 
Um, there's still some movement to be made. Now Westbrook's on a trading block. Um, I don't necessarily think he shifts maybe the championship narrative. Hell no. But the thing that I'll say about where he goes, he's not an efficient player, but he's a player. And depending on what team he ends up with, it could make a difference subtly, particularly if he's willing to make some adjustments to his style of play. He's a very inefficient player. He shoots too many threes. To me, he can stop doing that anytime he wants to. But 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 if he go to Miami, which is what they're talking about, you got a guy, you got both of these guys, I believe Russell Westbrook's a 42% overall right. field goal shooter, obviously not from three. Yeah. And then Jimmy Butler, I believe, is at 45%. Yeah. And you just traded away your best rebounder in Whiteside. <laughs> you you better get – hey, it's going to be rebounds galore. <laughs> yeah. Because your two best players that are shooting the ball – can't really shoot. You know well, I mean? I mean, I think Jimmy gets Jimmy gets buckets. Jimmy Jimmy is a uh, is a versatile offensive player and an excellent two way player, and I just don't see him in in Westbrook making. I don't see him. I don't see Westbrook and anybody really making a good pair if Westbrook doesn't make adjustments to his game. Yes, and that's that. that therein lies the whole problem. Do Do you think? I mean, given his personality. I mean, these guys, like, you know, these guys are some different dudes. You know, I mean, Westbrook yeah. Westbrook don't even hang out with nobody. He's no. Like, like, he hang out with whoever he went to high school with. He's kind of Kobe-ish in that regard. And, yeah, he keep his mama around. Yeah. And that's it. So, yeah, and you would think he was kind of, like, he's not, you know, when people say he's tough to play with and people want to get away, you think that sort of equates to him being a bad guy, and you never hear anything like that. Nope. Like, people don't, like, leave him and say bad things. It's just that on the basketball court, I think he's – at least to me, and I have no inside information to, to support this, it just seems to me like he's plays with that chip on his shoulder, like I got something to prove, and I'm just not going to stop until I fill up the stat sheet with something that says, look how good I am. And I think that's his problem. But now, he can he fix that? Absolutely. He can stop shooting threes. Like, so much of his problem is he because he can still get to the basket and he can still get to the foul line. It's like if he just stopped hoisting threes, he'd be a much better player. Like, don't shoot any. Just don't shoot. Like, like go, it's, go Ben Simmons from the three point line. It's it's what it's not what you do best. <laughs> no. um, I do want to give credit to the Clippers because if you're paying close attention as a business person and as a guy who's built businesses, um, I have to look at the Clippers and think about what they did to change the culture. Um, Steve Ballmer who most basketball fans know who he is. Ballin' Bomber. Yes, he's I, I, somewhere between the 11th and 18th most uh, wealthiest man in the world, former CEO of Microsoft. Um, he's put a lot of resources towards the team, but not like the Russian dude in, in, uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, new- he's built this organization the, 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 a really smart way that is almost like real, like, you know, Silicon Valley-ish. He's created excellence on every level. If you look at what he's done. So he's an excellent owner. He's put the resources in place. And then he said, well, look, let's go get one of the great basketball minds um, to come. And and I don't know if he's in an official capacity of president of basketball operations or GM or if he's a consultant. But you have Jerry West in the room making key decisions and creating culture from the top. Then you add a excellent championship, passionate players coach in Doc Rivers. So you, you've you connected the dots on every level of the organization. And as I understand it, they also have one of the great 
training staffs, uh, physical training staffs and medical staffs in the business, which is which people don't understand has a lot to do why certain guys go where. Because you're hearing a lot of arguments and issues with teams, with players being misdiagnosed. You're hearing it in Golden State where there's problem with what the doctors were saying about the injury. Oh, no, you can't re-injure it. And then he tears his Achilles. Right. Or what you had with... Um, what you had with... Durant. With, right, that's what I'm saying. Durant and Golden State. Yes. Right, so you have an issue there, and then he's out of there. Yeah. Kawhi had an issue with how his... Um, injury was dealt with. You're seeing that there's, um, you see that even a little bit in football. I think Trent Williams, like, and I know we're jumping around, but Trent Williams for the Redskins has an issue with how the medical staff dealt with his injury. When you look at what the Clippers have done, they have one of the best medical teams. So Balmer's like winning on every level. And then, so when I started to dig in this a little deeper, I also saw, I don't know if you guys heard this, but he brought in a guy uh, from from Sports Illustrated, a very uh, renowned writer named Lee Jenkins from Sports Illustrated. I already like it with the last name Jenkins. Who's come in, and this guy was brought in to just kind of create the narrative and from a presentational point of view of who the organization was through word and through presentation. So when you're preparing yourself, and he did this over a year ago, for the moment of being able to get guys like Kawhi right. to literally bring them in to go so we can show with the right choice of words and the right way that this looks why this is the place for you. And they did, brought this guy in, and this guy was instrumental in helping bring Kawhi in. And then they recruited him in a way that I've never seen a free agent recruited. They had somebody at every game that Kawhi played. That ain't tampering. It's uh, technically it's not tampering. <laughs> I'm just coming to watch the game. I'm just here. I'm just here. You can't stop Balmer from showing up. How's at it going? Yeah, game. yeah, I paid my. I paid. Now I don't know if he gets my to ticket. Talk to him. I yeah. paid for my ticket. <laughs> I'm inside of here. He like like a uh, club of Lang was at uh, all the Rockies all the Rockies fights, fights. with the, with the, with the feathers hanging from right. his head. He don't feel pain. Like, <laughs> you come over here and see what it like to be a real well, man. Club of Lang was at general admission at Rockies fights is cracks up. He gets mad when Rocky wins and storms out. Sure. And it, it's like he's so incon- inconspicuous. No one's bothering a black dude with a mohawk with feathers hanging from his ears. The only thing they didn't, like, it would have just been even funny if he was just had, a, like, a Coke and a hot dog. Just like, <laughs> like yeah. just yeah. that random. So, okay, so 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 Steve Ballmer has done well. And, and shout out to Jerry West, the 81-year-old wheeler and dealer. 81? 81, shout out Man, he pulled it off. And I don't know if that's the last... Trick in the bag, but if for it him. is, but, oh man, if it is, then man, he's yeah. You can go ahead and hang your cowboy hat up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Sit Same. down. My work is done. Yeah, and have your bourbon. Yeah, you know you've what earned mean? that. But but you think uh, like I, I have a little, I have a slight concern with Paul George uh, having both shoulders operated on within a month of each other. You know what I'm saying? Like like I don't I don't understand. You think he gonna be healthy? Both shoulders. The I the the both the, the reason to get that's weird, on, bro. That's weird. I ain't never seen your both your shoulders messed up. What you been doing? It's better to get him operated on than not. So forget basketball. Like with both shoulders, like how you gonna keep your woman warm at night and you can't even raise your arms up? You just throw your head. <laughs> like she, like you just like how she your, gonna be putting the covers on you to keep you on? Yeah, you just move your <laughs> your head around. <laughs> you your you head just, around. You can't even you can't even hold it real tight when it get cold. 
You just nuzzle your head in the, in the you bosom. You just nestle? You nestle in the bosom. But you can't want, she putting the blanket on you. Sometimes oh, it's like that. Putting your blanket. So if you can't even keep your woman cold or warm, how you going to shoot the basketball? Well, that's why he got the shoulders worked on so he can go back to, to warming his lady. And he lives in L.A. Yeah, hey, that's true. That's it gets true. cool at night, yeah, but that's not what that I heard cold. In the evening time. Nah, it's not like it's going to be cold in, in Brooklyn. The even, in the that's, evening time. Yeah, yeah, but it's still... It's relative. You can't even do the robot. You just. He's <laughs> <laughs> trying to get those shoulders right. I, here's the thing, and I know you you talked a little bit about the Clippers. You're not, and I've heard this from a few people. You're not by yourself on this. That you know, let's not let's not drop them into the finals yet. But the one thing I, I like about this team, uh, they're gonna play some defense. You know, between Patrick Beverly and them three, and the Claw and and uh, yeah, and and George. You know, you have a uh, the makings of a solid defensive team. And let's not forget that Doc Rivers had a really good defense, really put together, if we're being honest, sort of orchestrated by Tibbs. Tibbs was the like, sort of quote-unquote defensive coordinator for those Celtics teams that won the, that went to the finals and won the championship. And I don't know if they go get Tibbs. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe they get Tibbs and have him come in or if Tibbs is going to sit it out. But those defensive principles are in Doc this team will play defense. They will make games ugly. They have guys that can get buckets uh, late in games. I think they're very dangerous. And the thing that concerns me about the Lakers is just, you know, in my mind, I'm calling them the, the, load, man the load management all-stars. It's like you have, you have a guy, you have two guys that are going to need their minutes managed. Well, well, okay, so we know that, right? You, you say, okay, they, they're going to need their minutes managed. And they've tried to do that, do that with LeBron to no avail. <laughs> you know, he ends up playing his 36, 37 minutes. And, and they, they've tried. You know, the, what's the, the brother that he was coaching him in, in uh, Cleveland? Tyron Luke. Tyron Luke was trying to, you know, he would wave him off and he was trying to get him to come out. Yeah. But you have Anthony Davis who doesn't really have any problem missing games. My question is, and that's a good point that you make, because I think the Lakers are in a similar problem with the Clippers. Because – you talk about load management, and it sounds nice now to think about that and try to sell that, but this is not the East. And you leaving Paul George out there by himself, and I know Doc's a great coach, but you still have all that muscle coming in with Utah, coming in, and you still got to deal with Golden State, and you still got to deal with Portland, and you still going to have to deal with Denver. And I just don't see – I could see them falling out of contention, maybe losing like four or five games in a row if – if that let's just say that happens by by some stretch, I don't know how you wet, rest Kawhi as much. He rest twenty games last year. I don't know how you do that with LeBron or AD or any of these guys. If in the West, so it sounds great. You got both of them, and you got the defense, but they got those two have to be on the court yeah. in order for that to matter. Sure, and I think the same. I think the same for the Lakers. Like correct. I, like they have those front line guys because they're 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 occupying so much of the cap. They have to be on the floor because you don't have that caliber of player beyond them. But you think, okay, so I think for me, this is why I, I actually have the Lakers winning the championship. I think the X factor for me are, are two guys. Kuzma, which we already know is an 18-point-a-game scorer, and we got um, DeMarcus Cousins. If he's healthy, it's it's over with. Well, yes, and I, I've said that. I think I said that to you in a text. I, I think the signing of DeMarcus, go DeMarcus, is uh, heavily underrated because I think that we've forgotten that this is a 
like a, a guy that can get you 25 points and 13 rebounds and six assists. Yeah. Like he's an excellent, excellent player. If and I think that there even I think he was pretty efficient during the season in limited minutes before the quad injury. And what everyone saw on the big stage was him sort of hobbling back from a quad. And they're they're holding that against him, forgetting that he was sort of building himself back to becoming a player that can get give you longer minutes and do the things that he's always done. And I think that will carry him. I like that I like that more than so much Kuzma because I think Kuzma's still developing his game. And one of the things that that happened last season while Kuzma was developing his game is we saw a sharp we saw a sharp decline in his production when Zoe wasn't playing. He did a lot of his work when Zoe was playing. Zoe could feed him, could get him the ball, and he flourished with that. He's still figuring out how to get how Kuzma gets off. And then how now I think that's more complicated because he's in the quote unquote Chris Bosch role. When Chris Bosch came uh, to Miami to play with LeBron and another scorer, he had to seriously alter his game from what he had been doing in Toronto. And now all of a sudden you have a kid who hasn't established what his game is. I think it was easier for Bosch to go, okay, I no longer have, I'm not the number one offense. It's not running, number one option on offense. It's not running through me. I'll become a spot up shooter, which he became good at. And I'll become a, a defender, which he became good at. And he just contributed in other ways. And, and it's sort of unheralded. I think Kuzma has to find his game within LeBron's and AD's. And I think that's made worse or made a little bit more difficult by the fact that they're going to take games off. Like, if they're playing together a lot, I think he figures it out. But depending on how the quote-unquote load management goes, when you can actually get those three guys on the court together trying to do things, I think that's going to affect. I don't want to say it's going to affect negatively, but I think it's going to affect Kuzma's development, and it's something I'm going to watch closely. I think the load management is going to help him. I mean, the fact that he's going to be out there, you know, basically, I don't necessarily say carrying the load, but carrying the load. Yeah, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Except for he showed last year he wasn't great at it. When when he when 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 things were amiss, when he started to lose guys around him, and I don't really think it was his fault. I think he's trying to figure out his game, and so you have to figure out your game with LeBron and them in. And then when they and then you get to carry the load when they're not. But then when they come back, you have to reverse your game back into some position. And I think that might be harder for a young player than it was for a veteran player like Bosch. I mean, he averaged nineteen points a game in thirty three minutes. I don't so and he played thirty games without Lonzo. So yeah. So I, I mean he he figured it out some of the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but, but but he's still think, adjusting. But you think okay, so so if we've got if we've if, if we've got that, and I think that I think that with with Demarcus Cousins, if he is let's and, and he, the cool part not the cool part, but one of the things that I noticed, and I know that AD you know it's been well documented that he wanted to be out of New Orleans, uh, and a large part of that was because of Demarcus. <laughs> But he averaged 28 points a game, career highs, playing right next to him those two years they played together. Mm -hmm. So it's not like he hampered his game in any stretch of the imagination. Maybe it was a personality thing in the locker room. But AD had career numbers scoring-wise playing next to DeMarcus. So they've obviously made it to work. And that was one of the things that we were all wondering when DeMarcus first went there. How is this all going to work? You got a guy that likes to shoot shoot the ball a lot in DeMarcus. And you've got obviously a guy who needs to shoot the ball and have it in AD. How is this going to work? And they, you know, um, DeMarcus scored twenty, I believe, twenty five a game playing with 
uh, Anthony Davis, and I, like I said, Anthony Davis had 28 points. So they've done it before, and you add in uh, LeBron, who's a pass-first guy. I just think that they the, – what I, I like I like what they have on paper, coupled with the JaVale McGee's, the Rondos. I, 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 like, I like that squad a lot better, and I think they're built for the postseason. I think – and I, I've been critical of the front office of the Lakers, but I give them a, a, a tremendous amount of credit. And it's one of those things where it, it could have been just dumb luck and everything falling their way, but you give them credit. They put together a really good playoff roster uh, of guys that have some experience. Um, McGee, who's, you know, we all know he's can go either way, but he's played some big minutes in some big games. Well, and we know how good he is in those 19 minutes. Yeah, like minute, if you can just minute. like, and Kerr was like masterful, like just getting what he needed out of JaVale and then getting him out before the goofiness started. He's got some flashy dunks and some flashy blocks. Yes. And, and yeah, and you got to get him out you right get before. Him out before he starts feeling oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> He's like, I told y'all I'd do this. Yeah, for his little, his little, his little plat start bouncing off his neck. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I try to tell you. Um, so, then you got you got Rondo, who can come in and spurts as a point guard, run the offense, get the ball to guys that need it. And I think I actually think now I'm sitting there thinking about it. I think Rondo to Kuzma and them in like a second unit. It's gonna be nice. It really, really, really be nice for Kuzma because you're playing with a guy that when you you know he'll get it to you. He's old school point guard. He'll get you the ball. He's a facilitator. Oh, for absolutely, sure. facilitator. For, he he. I believe he gets the ball. How can I make the best pass? No, that and I and, and, the, and the, the defenses that give him the most trouble are the ones who'd be like, man, go ahead and score. Well, like, yeah, and, and, and this may surprise people. Because he really people, wants to get the ball out of But he people. shot 36% from three last year. Yeah, he don't take a good. ton. Yeah, he don't take a yeah. ton, but, I mean, you know, when they left him you open, can't just, yeah, you he can't, was knocking it down. Yeah, he's a grown man. Like, you can't he's just a, Yeah, he's a grown ass away. man, even though he still looked like he about 14. <laughs> yeah. He got good genes. But, no, give the Lakers give the Lakers credit. Lakerland is going crazy. All my Laker friends are going crazy. They 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 trying to hang the banner already. And I'm like, look, man, you got to still play the games. You got, and, you yeah, know. I mean, everybody – Golden State was. Hang- I I know that I thought Golden State was going to win the title last year, and who, you know they had two injuries happen, and yeah. of course things unfolded the way they did. So you gotta you gotta be relatively healthy. Yeah. And Frank Vogel just gotta not get in the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think in a series, if let's say if it ends up in a in a series between the two teams, uh, between Clippers, you know, Western Conference Finals between Clippers and Lakers, based on what I know right now, and this is not having seen them get on the court. I'm giving the edge to the Clippers for all the reasons that I said before. I think this organization, from the top to bottom, he's building a culture of winning. I believe they're going to win a championship. I'm not saying it's going to be this year, but I think Steve Ballmer, this organization, will win a championship because they're they're doing this with a certain intentionality. And in that, in the games that we're talking about, Western Conference Finals, I think Doc Rivers can be the difference. I think I, I'm concerned about Vogel on one side. And and I'll say this too, LeBron's knowledge of the game, we talk about a lot, it's an asset. But when it goes against what the coach is trying to do, it can become a little bit of push-pull. Then you, and then you've got another guy on the bench who's kind of a head coach in Jason Kidd and a Rondo 
who's a coach and waiting. Rondo's going to be a coach in this league. Rondo's fantastic. So you got guys who are sort of, when we start talking about basketball IQ, you have a lot of basketball IQ on that team, but one has to be the prevailing thought process, and it could come down to a situation where they got to really find a playing identity and they got to find it so that when you get in the second half of the season, you're just running that and not trying to figure it out. So the Clippers gave up five first-round picks, yeah, and that's, a, that's the record. And then... OKC just gave up Jeremy Grant to Denver for another first-round pick. So they've got six. They got six first-round picks, and now they're probably going to get some more first-round picks after they get rid of uh, after they relieve themselves of Russell Westbrook. I don't think they're going to get the Hall of Picks back because whoever gets Russell is taking on that terrible contract. Sure. And I know if I was on the other side, I'm going, man, I'm taking 171 How did off they... your books. And, and this guy's getting forty-seven million dollars in twenty twenty-three. So I'm how, like, I'm not giving you no pick. How bro. do you get a first-round pick for Jeremy Grant though? I, because like, that surprised the hell out of me. I'm like, why? <laughs> what is, is this, that? Look, man, teams need. So if they got one for him, yeah, I know they might be able to get at least one. Yeah, for but him. they wasn't. I don't know if he's on an expiring and contract they got either. Four unprotected. Yeah, four. I, listen, I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't take on Westbrook's one seventy-one. No. And then give up. So at Westbrook, Westbrook, you think like he he been in he's been in OKC for eleven years. Yeah, I think when 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 Paul George got traded, I think he woke up that morning and was like, "I've been in Oklahoma for eleven years." Yeah, I'm out. I think you. I can imagine him driving to the the uh, OKC front office, <laughs> like, "Hey, what are we, in his uniform? Hey, what are we doing? What are we doing?" <laughs> it does seem like he be wearing his what uniform. What are you doing? Like like and grab the phone and like, "What's yeah. the number to the Miami Heat?" <laughs> Yeah, get me out of here. Hey, uh, Mr. Pat Riley, uh, my name is Russell Westbrook, and I wanted to find out if y'all had any job openings. Down in, down in, you don't think he called his agent? Uh, no, no, I think he went up there himself. Like, I've been in OKC for yeah. 11 years. Yeah, nah, Oh, no, um, you don't? Can I send y'all my resume? <laughs> Take a look. Like, he been he calling people himself. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I heard Colin Cowherd say something that I fundamentally disagree with. He said that draft picks don't mean anything. In the NBA, and I think he's wrong because Paul, what's his name, Paul Presti, Sam Presti, my mistake. So this guy knows what to do. He can evaluate talent, and sometimes he can see it in places that other people can't see it. So I think he feels empowered to have all that draft capital uh, to for them to get away from that luxury tax. Because I think when you play in a market like Oklahoma, uh, you're willing to go over the luxury tax if you're if you're competing for a championship. They were not, so I think they're smart to sort of blow it up. Um, there's no reason to stay in the middle class. The middle class is where you don't want to be in the NBA. You know, we saw that with the Hawks for so many years. Oh, no, and we're still yeah. around here in the projects. Yeah, but the, for, there was a Milling point, about. No, no, no. But there was a point the Hawks, and I think this ended like two years ago, had the second longest consecutive playoff, playoff streak street, yeah. next to San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. So well, that's like, and, but San Antonio perfect. won like five rings. We were never a threat. And y'all were never a threat, and that's the place and you don't want to be. And we ain't nobody good. Yeah, no, because you're not going to get anybody good making a playoff. We've been drafting Adam Keefe. Yes. <laughs> Scream like my name is Keefe. <laughs> yes, we've been drafting Adam Keefe and Marvin Williams and just terribleness. Marvin Williams. Marvin Williams over Chris Paul. In my life, that happened to me. I deserve better than that. I'm, I'm a good person. I love the Lord. You know, I've been married. You know, I live my good life. I don't deserve any of that. You grill on a regular basis. I grill, and I and I don't tell nobody to bring nothing. You know how black folk always yeah. be like, hey, can you bring something? I never say bring anything. Yeah. If I you're coming say, over, you coming over to yeah, enjoy just yourself. Yeah, come on over. Yeah, yeah so, yeah, but, it, but, but 
But you and think about this as it relates to Westbrook, bringing it back to Westbrook. People always say the three that left him so far. Now the most recent being Paul George, but he also had Oladipo. He did. That's that's four. It's another all star. Yes, all stars. Yeah. Three of which were MVP. Well, two of which were MVPs. Right. That, like, man, the guys, guys. Look, and I know, and and Paul George came out, I believe, with a post on social media. Uh, yesterday saying it had nothing to do with Westbrook. I actually believe him because he came back to play with Westbrook. Sure. So he he, he, didn't he had a chance to leave via free agents free agency and he re upped. Yeah. And he also, you know, guys like Ibaka come through there and now he's won a title. You know, I just think that you got a guy in Westbrook who has been in the league eleven years, six times of those six six years of those, he shot less than thirty percent from three. Like six times. We, like at some point it's got to be frustrating. Even you, like, you're a good dude and yeah. I like you, yeah. but I'm out. Yeah, because you're looking at that shot. Because now it's just the issue of shot selection. He's hoisting. Hoisting. And and it's not going in. And I just, yo, if you, so if he does go to Miami, the Miami Heat, first of all, I do think it's going to be Heat because you got two A-type personalities in Jimmy Butler and Westbrook. So I think there could be definite friction in the locker room. But I also think that the rebounding numbers for the opposing team are going to go exponentially higher. Yeah. Because <laughs> you, you got Deion Waiters on that team. And for some reason, Udonis Haslam, 40-year-old Udonis Haslam, is still on the roster. He's still playing? He's still, he's still on the roster. I don't know if they're going to – but they, he's still I, – I, I checked yesterday. Udonis Haslam with the braids is still on there. Wow. Deion Waiters, Goran Dragic, and that's the guy that, go, that they would move. Yes, if in order yeah. to create the space. Um, I have been hearing uh, possible Westbrook to Houston, which could be equally as volatile. Hell no! But, I, but the dark horses are Detroit and Minnesota. That's what I heard. Yeah, actually, Minnesota is interesting because oh man, I am not a Carl Anthony Towns fan or Andrew Wiggins. They need a kick in the butt. I like Carl Anthony Towns. I like theoretically what he could be, and, but 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 Jimmy Butler just totally emasculated him in ways that you sh- no man should be emasculated. And I think he was just trying to find it. I mean, Jimmy Butler can be intimidated, intimidating. Sorry. Yeah, intimidating. no, clearly he was. Yeah. They got him out of there just because I think he shook up their little young guys. That don't really have no toughness. And Carl does look tender in the face. Yeah. He's very tender in the face, and his haircut don't always Cause he be Because he's old, not, like, like, don't he look like he just played, like, mad Fortnite and mad, like, FIFA? Mad, mad Fortnite. Like, and FIFA. Like, not, like, no, like, Madden and 2K. He's yeah. like, no, nah, you want to play FIFA? Like, he be playing Roblox. You don't know about I don't even know, I don't even know yeah, that. That's like Kingston be playing that. My son Kingston be playing Yeah, Roblox. he just seemed like a big old. He be playing, like, uh, World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and his screen name is, like, Killer Giant Timberwolf X five two three one, and they be waiting for him to get on because sure. his character's like all built up crazy. <laughs> like, I'm on now, I'm on, you know, and like and it's like he don't want nothing to do with no girls. They be like, hey man, we about to go party over at the what's the yeah, I'm just gonna stay here, please. No, I'm please just waiting, waiting for me. It's a tournament starting. Everyone's tuning in on my uh, Twitch account. They're waiting for me. They're waiting for me on Twitch. Right. You know? <laughs> Terrible. Well, listen, man. Let's. It's a good time. To uh, break, there might be more uh, information uh, and more things coming, breaking in the NBA. You know, it could be some trades and stuff like that. So um, we'll have those, anything in the NBA coming up uh, really soon. We're about to really get to that um, really slow time of the year. So we're going to be coming with some special shows, uh, special theme shows until we get into our football breakdowns uh, in August. So um, shoot, for right now, 
Um, again, and I didn't give the phone number before. We're reachable at our phone number, which is area code 404-500-9017. Uh, we can take text messages and voicemails and uh, any suggestions that you might have, topics that we can talk about through this very slow time of the year. Uh, but we'll still be here. We'll still be chopping it up. We are uh, Stat Lines Matter. You can reach us on our Instagram, at Stat Lines Matter, uh, on our Twitter at Stat Lines Matter, and uh, we have all sorts of information on our Facebook. And again, like I said earlier, our uh, our YouTube will be relaunching in a couple of weeks, where you'll be able to see. Yeah, episodes. don't look at don't look what's on there already. Well, it's just clips of previous we shows, and it's all fine because you'll see little yeah. bits. But don't look. At what it. we're gonna give you is the ability to see the entire shows uh, on our uh, YouTube page. Don't look at that. <laughs> well, we don't have to worry because, yeah, you'll be able to see entire show. And shout out to uh, to Prizzy as usual and our Black Ed McMahon, Travis Shockley, in the building. You know what I'm saying? So we had a good time with y'all this evening. Yeah, and we had a great time, man. Thank y'all. I, always I said, thank I said you to, this evening. I always thank you to, to Prizzy. He's here faithfully every week, holds us down, uh, does an amazing job making not only us uh, sounding great, um, but just, you know, being support, you know, and giving us dialogue back and forth and, uh, you know, just giving somebody to entertain in the room. So thank you to him. And, uh, man, thank you to, for listening. And we will see you next time on Stat that Lines nice. Matter.